And people are waking up to the fact that Vietnam has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is not only offer the best of what we know how to make, yes. but also tell the story about how that got into your cup. Yeah, I mean, that's actually where the original idea for La Caf stemmed mm. from. You know, this this sort of uh, realization that when people come to Vietnam, it's not only just about buying, let's say, trinkets and things like that, but people really want to buy into the story, right? People want to learn about Vietnam. Welcome to the Vietnam Rising podcast, where we have a discussion with the shakers and movers individuals in Vietnam about the opportunities in the business scene. I am your host, Minh Tham, and let's tune in to catch the inspiring stories, business opportunities, and how to navigate your way in this rising economy. Welcome back to another episode of Vietnam Rising, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, you will see that we are at a different locations. I'll tell you a little bit later why we are here. Um, so for the past few episodes, we've been talking a lot about the modern Vietnam, like technology, entrepreneurship, startup, etc. But you also have to remember that Vietnam is a country with rich culture. Luckily, there are people out there who are dedicated to explore the cultures and educate and bring it out and show it to the world. Today, our guest is one of them. He is an entrepreneur with several ventures that are dedicated to art and culture in Vietnam. So today, Timmons is going to show us the adventures of how to find hidden gems in Vietnam. Timmons, can you tell us more about what you do? All right. So first of all, thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming to La Caf Space. That's the space we're in uh, right now. Uh, so let's start a little bit about La Caf. La Caf is a coffee brand, essentially. Um, we uh, use 100% Vietnamese beans, and we try to show the world that, in fact, you can make great, great coffee just using Vietnamese beans. And uh, Um, we're, we're relatively new, so you're one of our first guests. Yeah. And uh, we make uh, three different blends, uh, mm -hmm. espresso and pour over, and then, of course, Vietnamese fin style. Mm -hmm. um, we also make a tea used to, using the uh, husks of coffee cherries. Oh. And uh, people are really enjoying that uh, as well. Yes. So I, I actually tasted this the first time last week when yeah. I saw you, right? And it was really good. Yeah, and it tastes not nothing like coffee. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, I I I know that you're not a big coffee fan, yes. right? Uh -huh. So that's why I wanted to introduce you to it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, cascara, it's called, is an excellent sort of substitute. It gives you a little bit of pep, but uh -huh. not nearly as much caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. So we enjoy uh, sharing that with people, especially if they're not really big into regular coffee. Uh, tastes also completely different, much uh -huh. more fruity. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, but in any it's case, like, it's like a bit like avocado, raisin. Right. Yeah, and didn't taste. Yeah, absolutely no coffee taste at all. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, so what we're trying to do with La Caf is show that you know you can make excellent products, excellent things. Uh, uh, you know, 100% Vietnamese made, mm -hmm. but also through the products that we make, tell a story about Vietnam. Mm. Right. So. We so have, at the lack of space, mm -hmm. you have your uh, like coffee experience, yeah. or coffee journey, right? Right. And you tell a lot story about like the cultures around mm -hmm. the beans. Mm -hmm. Could you uh, give us a sneak peek of like if a customer come in and you know join the journey, yeah. then what would they see? 
Yeah. So, um, so essentially, I mean, we're, right now, what we're at is sort of the retail space. It's downstairs at La Caf Space. So here's where you can really see our products. But upstairs, we have a place called La Caf Journey Space. And yes. La Caf Journey Space is a more sort of a space where people can really experience different kind of aspects around our product, right? Yeah. Uh, the two main things that we organize upstairs is the first one is called uh, La Caf Journeys, mm-hmm. right? La Caf Journeys are where people can come and learn about Vietnam through the sort of context or lens mm. of the coffees that we make, ah. right? So we're going to be able to talk about the the history of Vietnam, the the people, the arts, the music, uh, but always with this sort of uh, link to coffee and coffee culture in ah. Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is a little bit more practical called La Caf uh, Sessions. La Caf Sessions is going to be something where people can come and just learn how to make great coffee using relatively simple tools at home, mm. right? So a lot of people have become more and more intimidated by making good coffee at home. They think, you know, uh, making, a, making a great coffee uh, is going to be complicated. In fact, it's not. You can use very simple tools and make excellent coffee at home. And we want to show that people can do that. So uh, that's really what we do upstairs. Uh-huh. You know, uh, People are more than welcome to come mm-hmm. and, and, and And you guys have products. your own coffee brand and yeah. product as well, right? Yeah, so we uh, have our own coffee, mm-hmm. uh, La Caf. That's a simple name. Yes. Uh, you know, actually, um, it's a very clever name. Yeah, it if is. You, would, could you, ex- uh, you know, well, it's a little bit of a play. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a play. You know, yeah. so uh, of course, there's a little bit. You know, we wanted to create a unique name that's that's easy for both foreigners and Vietnamese to pronounce. Of course, there's a little bit of play for people who can speak Vietnamese. Yes. You know, so it's called Laka and Cafe. So, uh, kind of a mesh of those two uh, words, essentially, yes. uh-huh. those two terms. And uh, yeah, to people who can't speak Vietnamese, it kind of means, you know, chill coffee, kind of hangout yes. coffee, right? <laughs> so laka is sort of like to hang, to chill, to be relaxed. And uh, cafe is obviously coffee. So, um, so it's a little bit of a play, but also it's completely unique, mm-hmm. right? It's just one word use of these two words. Yes. And uh, that's why it's also trademarkable. Yeah. <laughs> very, very important. Yeah, so we were able important. to make a trademark out of, out of the name and, and, and we have the, you know, the the domains uh-huh. and everything that's important around creating a new brand like that. That's great. And so uh, we create great coffees. We, we work a lot with uh, industry people. So we, we don't really make coffee shops. We really supply other people with good coffee. Uh-huh. So restaurants, bars, uh, you know, uh, uh, hotels, they mm-hmm. come to us for very good coffee. Mm-hmm. And of course, for people at home, you know, people who want to bring coffee back, at, back home. And great, great, create great coffee at home. Mm-hmm. So, so we really try to supply people with coffee, and we're yes. not going to focus on making uh, cafes. We kind of see ourselves as a as a sort of a value add brand to the coffee uh, economy in Vietnam, uh-huh. and not really a competitor to uh, our good friends uh, making cafes all over Saigon. Yes. Yeah. So basically, you are the supplier of the uh, of the coffee bean, the mm-hmm. good quality coffee to mm-hmm. the uh, coffee store in Vietnam, but mm-hmm. also you are bringing like the you are sharing and educating and showing people the coffee, the culture around the coffee bean, right? So you yeah. told me there are farmers, and you want to tell the story about the farmers and the house, the life of the farmer living in in the coffee farm, right? Could you tell me one of your favorite story? Yeah, when you were building this product. Yeah, so you know, one of the things that I've been realizing over the many years that I've been here is you know that there vietnam has such a rich 
you know, history and, 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 and things that you can tell beautiful stories about. And, and I think farmers is one of them, right? I mean, yes. we can talk about uh, street coffee culture. It's one of them, but we can also talk about the farmers mm -hmm. and, and their rich history. Mm -hmm. um, I think a good example always is the Coho people who mm -hmm. grow uh, coffee. That's uh, just a minority? Of, yeah, it's, it's an ethnic group uh -huh. that, that lives, you know, uh, in, in a great part of around Dalat. Uh -huh. And uh, they specialize in Arabica beans. And I think that their story is a uh, really a wonderful story where you, you can even trace their history back to the uh, Cham Kingdom. Wow. Right? So okay. uh, there's sort of a, a, yeah, a, um, a theory that they actually are descendants from the people that lived in Angkor. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, and, and then at some point, uh, their, their uh, city was, uh, it's not entirely clear what happened, but, you know, it became deserted. And I I, an idea was maybe what happened was these people then migrated to the areas around the northern, sorry, the central highlands of Vietnam. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, these are wonderful stories. And you can talk about this history and you can talk about uh, their, their, their fabrics, their art, their hmm. music. And, and that all with the sort of context of the products that they create uh, to sustain themselves by selling, obviously, their beans and enjoying the product themselves, you know, coffee. So use that as an example. And you can really talk everywhere in Vietnam about yeah. similar stories, yeah. right? You can talk about, uh, obviously, ethnically Vietnamese people, but you can go to areas in the north, in Son La, uh -huh. and, and, and find very interesting stories there as well. Uh -huh. um, and, but you can also go to the coffee shop owner on the street in Saigon yes. and, and talk about her, uh, you know, interesting history that her mother started this <laughs> coffee shop and, and why they started it and, yeah. and what kind of life they live because they focus on coffee and some of them even roast their own coffees. And it's really fun to learn about this. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially, you know, I mean, Vietnamese people love these stories and, and, and expats, foreigners who live in Vietnam love these stories. But when you're a tourist and you visit Vietnam, uh-huh. This is why you come to Vietnam. Yes. You know, you want to learn about the Vietnamese history, but not only about what you can read in books, but learn not the sort of... Not only about the war. Yeah, not mm -hmm. only about the war, but mm -hmm. about personal stories. Yes. You know? Th those are the most emotional. Those mm -hmm. are the most sort of that you can kind of relate to personally. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, for yeah. example, Hollywood should make more movie about for like Vietnamese coffee or something and, or banh mi or, instead yeah. of about Vietnam war which no one would care yeah, about Yeah but I, I think anymore. people I think people you know that there's definitely a shift right I mean I would say 10 years ago when I would visit London or or or, or Amsterdam where I'm from you know there wasn't really much interest around Vietnamese uh, food Yes. and that that has changed significantly yes. you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of great Vietnamese restaurants mm -hmm. in in the major cities of the world now and people are waking up to the fact that Vietnam has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is not only offer the best of what we know how to make, yes. but also tell the story about how that got into your cup. And yeah. I think people want to want to hear those stories. Oh, absolutely. Like Vietnam, because, you know, we have 4,000 year history. We have very great food. We have, um, you know, years of cultures, mm. art and everything. And it's great that there are rec more recognitions, right? There's more recognitions on the Vietnamese coffee, Vietnamese food in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and thanks for people like you. We are having people who are promoting also our art and culture in other aspects as well. Yeah. So I believe that you also have other ventures in art related as well. Yeah, I mean, that's actually where the original idea for La Caf stemmed mm. from. You know, this, this sort of uh, realization that 
when people come to Vietnam, it's not only just about buying, let's say, trinkets and things like that, but people really want to buy into the story, right? People want to want to learn about Vietnam and 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 really, and when they learn about Vietnam, buy um, something that they can go home and tell their friends about and, and tell their family about. Yeah. Right. So so uh, in the in the sort of art gallery business, I think that's actually something that's sometimes missing, right? Uh-huh. When, when, when people come, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be art collectors, but mm. when they come into a gallery, you know, if you can tell them, you know, something that happened, something that's relevant about the art that they're seeing, yeah. then it suddenly becomes way more interesting and valuable yes. to those people. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the uh, art galleries that I'm kind of interested in developing, um, you know, that's one of the central points of, of what we do. We, we really talk about stories mm. we talk about the stories that are that are around the pieces that are on the wall mm-hmm. and then not not just oh it's a beautiful picture but actually oh it's a beautiful picture with a great story behind it mm-hmm. and then and then you know really focus on that and that's again what we do at la Caf, right it's not just coffee but it's just coffee with a great story behind mm-hmm. it and what do you want people to experience when they listen to those stories well i, I think i think especially to visitors to vietnam they want to bring something back, mm, right? And I'm not yeah. talking about physical. I'm talking mm. about emotional, yeah. right? So when they come and visit one of our galleries or, or La Caf here, um, you know, they want to bring something back that they can then share with their friends and their family, right? So they can be like, oh, you know, I want to tell you the story about this person who's in this picture and, I, and that's her name and, 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 and that's what she does and, mm-hmm. you know, that's her life and, that that's something that's way more valuable than just a pretty picture. Because if you just want a pretty picture of Vietnam, then to be honest, you can probably just go onto some sort of uh, stock Go- photography <laughs> <Yeah>. website <laughs> yeah. and, and know, search right? for something and print that. Yes. But that's not going to be nearly as interesting and as valuable and emotionally mm-hmm. valuable to people as something where they can be like, you know, uh, they can tell their mother when they get home, hey, this is this wonderful story about this person who's in the picture. Yeah. And And that's actually what, people want when they mm. come to a country like Vietnam is sort of these experiences, mm-hmm. these stories. And, and, and I feel like your approach in like business in general is really, really interesting, right? People try to make it the products. They talk more about the products. Yeah. But you, you would find products uh, and you make it good, of course, but you focus on the storytelling behind it and you make people emotionally invest in it. And do you right. think that approach made people would love the brand more? Compared yeah. to others, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see for Lacaf still. It's such yes. a new brand, but I think that uh, you know that is generally the approach, right? When people come here, um, they're going to be using the three blends that we make during mm-hmm. that journey experience that yes. I just explained earlier. Um, so they get to use those products, but not only use the products, but learn about who made those products. And I'm not talking about me. I'm yeah. talking about the farmers and. And you know, and and the people that are involved in the drying and fermentation processes, yes. and the roasting processes, uh-huh. and things like that. So, so when people learn about what happened and how did this bean, you know, get in get to in front of me right yeah. now, and then use it to make something, then that's so much more interesting. It's mm-hmm. sort of like when you kind of, you know, when you're not often cooking uh-huh. for yourself, and suddenly you cook for yourself, and you're like, wow, this is really good, because it's suddenly you know this whole process that went <laughs> into have, it. I have this very, like, literally this way, yeah. because normally I would eat anything that's available to me, because my family cooks, yeah. and to, for the past two days, I've been, like, doing my own food, mm-hmm. like, just as my breakfast, I'm like, huh, this is actually pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, um, 
you know, I mean that that that's sort of the the, the what what happens to people when yeah. they when they get sort of more involved in it, right? Mm-hmm. When they learn more about, I mean, not just making the coffee just of in front course. of you, but also, you know, what is the whole story behind this coffee? Mm-hmm. And then our hope is, of course, that you know, after that experience, that they come downstairs into this space, mm-hmm. and then you know, hopefully, buy something that uh-huh. they like, and then yes. when they bring it home uh, to wherever they're from. That they can then share that with the people at home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's their 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 sister, brother, <laughs> colleagues at uh-huh. work, that they can you know say, hey, uh, this is this is this product, and I can tell you the whole story about how this product was made and the people behind it. Yes, and 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 that's also you know far more interesting for the people back home, of course, right? Because it's not just oh, let's taste Vietnamese coffee, uh-huh. but you know why. How, yes. Why? Like how? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm curious, like, mm. how do you find the products, or how do you find such art for your art gallery? Mm. Because, as I mentioned earlier, right, it's it's not very mainstream. It's not very. It's not that easy to find those products. Mm-hmm. How do you sort it out, and you figure out? Oh, this is the products that you want to be involved in. Yeah. Or what is this? Is the art type or art form that you want to be involved in? Yeah. So you know. Um, I think personally that Vietnam is full of amazing things uh-huh. that have yet to de- be discovered. Really, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think that slowly we see it with you know brands like Maru Chocolate uh, doing you know a lot of what we're trying to do with coffee. They've done already and are still doing really good job. Yes. I think so. Maru um, is a chocolate brand a chocolate in Vietnam. Brand. Yeah. I think they was ranked one year, but the best chocolate in the world. I mean, they make excellent, co- yes. excellent chocolate. Yeah. For so sure. they yeah. all made. Uh, so all the chocolate is uh, from the cacao from Vietnam, different right. provinces, right. and they have uh, yeah different types of uh, chocolate mm-hmm. that from different provinces, and they would just say, okay, this is from Lam Dong, this is right. from Nha Trang, or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. So I mean, their approach is a little different. So they do the single origin, and we do blends because we think that that's sort of an expression of our brand. Yes. Uh, but in any case, generally speaking. What they are doing is they're taking something that maybe was hidden a little bit before, mm-hmm. and they brought it forward and you know put it in beautiful packaging, yes, and and uh, and then really started promoting it uh, on an international stage, right? And I think that there's so many opportunities within Vietnam. I think that areas like I mean, people are doing it more and more, but obviously, Fukuok Pepper is an area that I think can be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Vietnamese teas. There are mm-hmm. a lot of very interesting Vietnamese teas that are sort of undiscovered, somewhat. Uh, that can be uh, really developed further, um, you know. Uh, so, so, you know. How about I, the artist then? So the artist is this is a new sort of a, a new category. I'm really looking at is uh, Son Mai. You know, Son mm. Mai is that yes. lacquer, right? Yes, lacquer. So, uh, but Son Mai, like very sort of like, strictly speaking, uh, fine art. Yes. Right. So, so that's an area that I'm developing with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, a new project called Lacquer Tree. Mm-hmm. So uh, Seiko Ando, she's a Japanese uh, artist, but living in Vietnam already 20-something years. Wow. And she worked under two of Vietnam's most famous lacquer uh, artists, most, wow. most, most recognized. And, 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 what is and, lacquer art? For so lacquer art, don't know. lacquer art is where you take a sap from a lacquer tree and you make uh, art with mm. it. Okay. And it's and it's actually a it's a relatively complex process uh, to do uh, to do well, and some of these pieces take years to mm. make. Uh, not it's not something you can whip out in an afternoon. I see. Um, but uh, you know, uh, 
you know, it's something that's done all over consuming. Vietnam. It's very time consuming. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of artists live in Hanoi. Mm-hmm. They make beautiful, beautiful pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a long time to make, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's something that you know I'm working on uh, with with, with uh, Seiko to develop this new brand called Lacquer Tree. Mm-hmm. And Lacquer Tree will be basically a gallery that that really celebrates um the the best sort of fine lacquer art mm. so we're not talking about bowls generally speaking we're not talking about bowls or or or, or you know things like small things like that we're talking about wall pieces mm. or, or or sometimes more statue-like pieces that that use 100 natural vietnamese lacquer mm. um you know we, we won't be u- accepting anything that doesn't use natural lacquer because mm. a lot of uh uh artisans i would say are are slowly moving towards synthetic lacquers oh. and and those are way easier to work with uh-huh. uh but but um they're not sort of the traditional process yes. that we want to really uh invest in yeah and, i think that in mm-hmm. vietnam that's the um i feel like that's personally i'm concerned about how the tradition and modern vietnam are like trying to emerge together because we have a lot of traditions things that mm-hmm. uh, have been you know we have it for Many many years, and then like now, a lot of uh, a lot of them are being wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like um, you know ceramic farm, like right. village or something. They are known to making uh, ceramic, right. and they are very good at it. And you know, like slowly, they just become like a touristy spot just for cultural experience, right? Right. No, no one really wants to you know preserve the art as well anymore. Yeah. And I think yeah for. If there are people that are dedicated to preserve the traditions, then that, that would be really great. Yeah, I think I think um, to some extent, uh, maybe counterintuitively, investment is necessary, right? Yes. So you say, oh, investment is sort of this modern kind of you know corporate concept, but yes. it, it's not not necessarily always the case. If, if you can sensibly invest uh, um, in 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 um, in the people and and the and the and their factories and and their projects yes uh and and ensure that things like the raw material production mm. of things like this and the lacquer and such is maintained at a high standard um then then you know and if there if you sh- if you also help people really make money mm. uh with their crafts uh-huh. right then then you know there is a bright future yeah unfortunately not all the investment is sensible and uh-huh. sometimes there's no investment at all yes um you know but, but for instance you know not only we don't with lacquer tree only want to work with artists we also want to work with the farmers that mm-hmm. make the lacquer yeah why do we want to do that because um often is the case that they're not making enough money mm. producing lacquer mm-hmm. And so what happens is they'll uh, they'll uh, chop down the lacquer trees and put some other uh, crop that makes yeah. more money. Yeah. And of course, that makes complete sense as a farmer to yes. do that, right? So with lacquer tree, what we're going to do is we're um, basically purchasing lacquer from farmers mm-hmm. at at a at a at a, uh, at a uh, fixed price at a at a double the price of what they would normally get uh-huh. and cut out lacquer sales middle people. Mm. So these people are usually buying lacquer and selling it directly to artists and making a big profit. Yes. And so we that's not our business model yes. for lacquer tree, mm-hmm. right? Lacquer tree is making money on selling to art collectors. So we but what what is in our interest is to make sure that artists get great quality lacquer. Mm. So if we work directly with the farmers, ensure they're high quality, ensure that they're well paid, purchase the lacquer, and then 
pass it on and sell it to the artist at zero profit, that means that the artists are paying the same. Mm-hmm. The farmers are getting double. Yes. We don't have to make money on, on that transaction. Yes. Right? That's not our interest. And uh, we can ensure that the artists continue to have access to very high quality Vietnamese lacquer. Uh, I think that's a very good approach because, uh, of course, like the reason why traditions methods are being wiped out is because it's no longer making an ec- economical sense right. anymore. And that's why people are changing it into a faster, cheaper or easier method. Mm-hmm. But of course, if there are a, an eco- a economical yeah. It's, it's make money sense. Right. And yeah, people will, will continue to do it. Right. right. And mm-hmm. it's the same for artists. You know, we work very closely with the artists and, and help them get their name out. Ah. Right. And make sure that art collectors know about them and help them price their art. Mm. Because a lot of the time, you know, if you're an artist, your interest is not, not, not the sales side yeah. as much, but your interest is the creation side. Yes. So, you know, often the case, they make beautiful things that, take many years to make and and to be honest they undervalue it ah. and so what we do is also help them really price it at a, at a at a at a fair price for art collectors that are you know that are willing to purchase at higher than they often uh higher prices than than the artists would often set it in the past and so so you know a lot of people think okay well increasing the price is that a really a good thing well in this case we believe so because increased prices also mean so to some extent, you know, uh, more respect, right? Yeah. In a global, uh, you know, art world, in a global art economy, um, you know, if your art is valued high, you're going to be uh, considered uh, a more relevant, more important artist in many case, yeah. cases. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're helping with, with these artists really uh, understand the value that they're creating. Mm, I see. And... How do you, how how is it like to working with an artist? What kind of like um, help that we they would need on the business aspect? Well, you know, um, you know, I'm not an artist. Yes. So for me to say to artists what they need or no need, I'm not, I'm not too keen on doing that. That's one of the reasons why I like working with Seiko. Right? Uh-huh. Seiko has been working under and with uh, some of the best lacquer artists, and she's an artist herself. Yes. Right? And she uses Vietnamese lacquer and and she creates wonderful pieces and so it's because of my relationship with seiko that i can actually um uh uh, work with artists right i can't just go to an artist and say hey i'm gonna do this with you they're gonna be like who are you um so that's why i need seiko right Mm -hmm. and and so although i can help a lot on sort of like Let's, let's say the operational front mm-hmm. it's, it's really Seiko that kind of helps organize and, and bring these artists together mm. and, and it's again sort of strength through numbers mm. right uh, one artist alone may be you know a little bit difficult to get yeah. uh, that name out because also the collection is a little bit small and, yeah. and, but, but if we have like five or six artists together yes. that Seiko helps bring together that, that's going to have a big impact but then how do you build the trust between you and Seiko or your other art curators because you know from an artist standpoint mm. then you then people would want you know the artist would want to work with someone that very respectful of their art right how mm-hmm. do you show the artist that you are respectful or you are you know you know capable of helping them yeah i mean of course a good sort of record right of your past work is very important mm. uh if you're able to show that you have worked in the past with other artists mm. and that that's gone well that helps a lot ah. um but but i think uh 
you know, uh, spending time with artists is very important, mm. you know? So, so, you know, when I go to Hanoi, I visit, I visit them in their ho- house, uh-huh. have lunch with them and spend time, right? Yeah. You get, need to get to know them. I think, I think with any relationship, that's quite important. Um, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm an art collector myself. I'm not an artist, but mm-hmm. I collect, collect art and yeah. I always collect art that I find personally meaningful to myself in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in in that you know in that sense you know you, you first need to appreciate by being I would say it'd be important to be appreciative by being a customer yes and then you know relationships develop mm-hmm. and then once the time is right um, uh, hopefully you can work together as well uh-huh. but like I said especially on the lacquer tree project nothing would have been possible without. Uh, working with Seiko and, yes. and Seiko has 20 years of these relationships. Yeah. And that's the most important yeah. of all. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a long time in Vietnam for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you also and you're also here for like 13, more, 13 yeah. years. Yeah, 13 so that's years. that's really long as well. Yeah. How's your experience so far? You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't really great, you know. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I really appreciate uh what I've been able to do and the people uh that that are helping me and mm-hmm. uh, that are part of my teams, uh-huh. uh, you know the. I think it's been s- super exciting. I think Vietnam is full of opportunity. Um, like I said, you know, finding these hidden, hidden gems, you know, it, it's sort of like a, it's a process, but you know, they're everywhere. You can find so many interesting things mm-hmm. to talk about in Vietnam, yeah. and and uh, we decided with La Caf that coffee was going to be that because I think coffee is getting so good here. Um, but, um, but there's so many other areas, you know, lacquer is one of them. Do you feel like people should search more in other area, not just the main cities right now, or like Ho Chi Minh? Or yeah, Hanoi? I mean, I mean, dip, you know, like you said, there's pottery, right? And there's a couple people doing things with pottery, mm-hmm. but I think that, um, you know, really investing in it, making sure that it doesn't go, yeah. uh, you know, disappear mm-hmm. and then, and then, um, and then pricing it correctly. Yes. I sometimes think that uh, some beautiful pieces are still too inexpensive oh. in Vietnam and, and that people are going to be are willing to pay more. And mm-hmm. in fact, more of that money can then go to the creators of those pieces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, ceramics and pottery and uh, ethnic art is oh, a very yeah. interesting mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think, uh, you know, the if spices. You're, if you're going to be an artist, then what kind of art would you want to do? You know, I I'm not an artist. I'm not very good. But I, I think I, I think you would consider yourself an artist at heart, right? Uh, no, actually, really? I don't know. I I you know I, I admire art so much, and I and I I think to some extent, if I can say so myself, I do have aesthetic taste, but um, but I'm so bad at it myself. Um, <laughs> well, what did you try though? Like art is in so in so many forms. What have you tried? Oh, you know, I don't know. I like ink a lot. You know, mm. so I, I I like you know ink drawings and things like that. You know, actually that's another interesting area. So um, one of the one of the very famous Dutch artists of modern times is a is a man called uh, M C Escher, mm. and Escher did what's called lithographs mainly, mm. and those are sort of prints, right? Vietnam also has a beautiful history of prints. Mm. Uh, so you know, in fact, Maru Chocolate about a year and a half, two years ago, did very interesting packaging for the uh, National Gallery Singapore, I want to say, mm-hmm. or National Museum Singapore, where they would sell exclusively Maru Chocolate with very special Vietnamese uh, art wrapped mm. um, chocolate 
And so wow, actually, and Singapore Prince, are not yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, they did an exclusive <laughs> uh, arrangement for for because the Singapore Gallery does a lot of Vietnamese art oh, as well. Okay. So they had a special. I think they had also a special uh, exhibition on Vietnamese art at that time. Oh, that wow, m- okay. Might have been one of I the see, reasons. I see. But in any case, um, you know, so I, I loved ink and not ink drawings necessarily only, but prints and things like that. Uh-huh. So I, maybe prints would be something, you know, mm-hmm. something in homage to MC Escher, uh-huh. uh, who is one of my favorite artists. Yes. So is uh, where is he from? He's from Dutch, from ah, Netherlands. He's Dutch. I see, yeah, I see. just like myself. Yeah. Do you have any artists that you would want to work like in Vietnam or anywhere? Okay, so although I really love all the lacquer artists. Um, One of my favorite artists at this moment outside of uh, lacquer is uh, an artist called Nguyen Van Bai. He's mm. from Hanoi. Yes. And he uh, he's oil mainly. Oh, okay. Now, what I really love about him, and, and this is maybe because I'm Dutch, but he has this great, um, he has this great uh, technique uh, with oil, mm. uh, oil you know, painting. Um, and what he does, but a lot of it, you could sort of see the techniques that you see sort of in the old Dutch masters, right? Oh. So when you go to these museums in, in like the Rijksmuseum or, or uh, Van Gogh or, or, or something like that, you know, so these uses of oil with lights and things like that. But he has Vietnamese topics, mm. right? So whether it's uh, uh, farm life, Or um, or family life. I mean, these are really interesting. So you know his compositions are very very interesting, and they're very meaningful to me. I, I think that they're really uh, kind of beautiful technically and and topically very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so he's an artist that I have you know I really have high hopes for in the next you know and he's not he's not he's not super old. I think he's early 40s, I want to say. Oh okay, that's and, not too old. And at all. yeah, and he he works. He makes beautiful things, and he's sometimes in the National Gallery here. I've I visited his uh, art or his uh, his artist studio in Hanoi um, uh, twice now, and you know it's really beautiful stuff. And I actually purchased one of his pieces. That it's it's really wonderful piece of his mother mm. uh, feeding a bottle of milk to his baby son. Oh, you know, and okay. it's just one. I mean, you see so much in this painting, yeah. Where where you can see these, in, you know, incredible relationships between family members that are, I would say, very Vietnam specific. You know, where family is is so core and so important. Yes, and also often where parents, because of you know, because they have to go and out and work and earn a living. Yes. So uh, the grandmother. Often takes yes. over some of the responsibility for yes. taking care the of the grandparents, you know, yeah, taking care of children. So you can see so much in one painting, um, and it's so beautiful technically, uh, you know. And you see just you see you know so much of uh, culture and history of Vietnam in one painting, even though it only has two characters in it. Yeah, and it's not some sort of historical painting, mm-hmm. right? And it, you know, if you look at it, you can just see everything, you know, <laughs> and it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like you're a big person, a person of like. Sorry, cut that part out. Um, I feel like you're a person like very interested in culture, right? Um, can you tell me more like why do you choose to be in Vietnam or like why do you come here at first place? Yeah, so I mean, I came here when I was really young, you know. So it's 13 years ago. So I was 20, mm. and um, I, uh, I, I. You know, I came here initially because I really enjoyed traveling here when I was still in university. Oh, so you went here as like an exchange program? No, no, I came here just as a backpacker during the summer <laughs> <Okay>. holiday, <laughs> and and you know, I really just enjoyed Vietnam. I had traveled Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Laos, 
And out of the four countries, I enjoyed Vietnam the most because I felt, okay, and I still feel it's really a country on the edge of rapid development. And there's so much opportunity. If you're willing to work hard, if you're, if you're, if you're a creative, um, you, can, you can really you know, find so many interesting things to do. And so I came here and I worked for a sort of corporate world for the first half of the time that I was here. Yeah. And in, in marketing primarily. And, um, and then I left that sort of corporate world about, you know, six, seven years ago uh, to start my various ventures. Mm. And I think what keeps me here, besides, you know, the companies that I've already created, is just the continued, uh, you know, uh, plethora of, of opportunity. In, in, in the country. You know, and I feel like you love learning new things, right? right? And each of your ventures is actually very different yeah, from I each mean, other. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of the reason why I begin things is because I want to learn about those things, uh-huh. right? So I'm, I'm That's actually, a smart way to learn things, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I, I, I'm not really a huge, I mean, I wasn't, I, mean, I am more now, but I wasn't a huge coffee drinker, mm. you know? But I, I, I like it. And then I started learning about it. And then I started learning about the, 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 the culture and the people. And then I thought, you know, from my uh, experience in galleries, I thought, okay, that's actually what people want, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just buy a product and, and it's a good product. But, you know, if, if it's truly meaningful to you, then mm-hmm. you want to know, you know, more about that product and the story behind that product. And, you know, and that's how I started learning more and more. And, and that's been a really great experience. But, also, because I don't have that existing sort of background in coffee, I, I also approach the project in a very different way. Mm. Of course, we work with people yes. within La Caf, like Scott and mm. Ron and, and, and other people. Shout out to, to really, them. Yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> uh, to, 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 you know, have that, you know, strong knowledge, that backbone and making great products. But, you know, we, we also look at it from a different way. You know, La Caf is trying to make coffees for regular people mm. we're not trying to be a super specialty very complicated coffee brand where mm-hmm. you need a lot of equipment to work and to make great coffee at home mm-hmm. we want to show the opposite we want to show yeah sure with great beans you it's can sort make, of a you can create great at products home, uh-huh, at you know home. Mm-hmm. and and so you know i think a lot of you know sort of let's say called traditional uh especially especially in europe uh you know they they they, they make it very complicated and it's a little bit scary for people like me, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, what I want to do is, is show, hey, you know what? Good coffee beans, simple equipment can make great, great coffee at home. Mm-hmm. And so, again, kind of, you know, showing from my perspective as not a coffee drinker, mm-hmm. trying to make a product that I can buy. Yes, I, uh, I absolutely understand your perspective because um, so my first venture ever was uh, uh, a homemade bakery on Mooncakes. Mm. And for Mooncakes, before that, I, I would. I don't like it a lot. I, I just don't like to eat it at all. But then because I made it so much and I understand the progress and I understand how to make a good mooncakes, yeah. now I'm very, very appreciate the the art or like the time that uh, and the energy people put in to make a great mooncakes. Yeah, and I can tell, it's, right? It's the right season now, right? Yeah, it's starting to become almost, the right season yeah. for, for mooncakes. Yeah, it's going to be like, uh, yeah, in the next two weeks, it's going right. to happen. So in any case, yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I would say I liked coffee before, but I've definitely grown to appreciate it more. But again, you know, what we're trying to do is great, great coffee for people with my background. Yes. And, and you know, and even for people who, who don't like coffee at all, like you, we have great coffee-related products. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our cascara tea. And um, yeah, to try to create something for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, we, we certainly want to make coffee that's 
that's so good that even people who know a lot about coffee would drink it and be like, that's great coffee. Yes. But we want to make it just for everybody so mm-hmm. that everybody can, you know, can appreciate approach it, it. and mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. So for people that are wanting to find hidden gems in Vietnam, what would be the advice that you could give them? You know, I could recognize that it's not always easy to recognize other hidden gems, especially for people who live in an area where there might be hidden gems because you're used to it. Yeah. You're used to the beauty or the coffee or the ceramics or whatever is around you because, and you think maybe that's just normal. Mm. Um, but, but try to think from a sort of outsider's perspective and look in and say, okay, maybe there's something in my immediate surrounding that can be a hidden gem. Yeah. You know, like for instance, uh, in Muine town, right? Mm. Not, the, not the beach, but the town. I always think, you know, that's such a beautiful bay there with all those fishing boats that you yeah. can, you know, drive up to. But there's no, you know, nice seafood restaurant that's mm. just there that has that beautiful view or that, that they can kind of talk about, oh, let's put something on the wall about a fisherman's life and average, you know, or maybe because, uh, you know, maybe something where the, 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 the fisherman's family and extended family can work there and do something interesting there, yeah. you know, so sometimes it's actually more near than you think. It mm-hmm. can just be in your backyard or it yeah. can be kind of in your direct surroundings, something that you can say, you know what, this is actually pretty interesting and I should tell the story about this because it's in my family or it's mm-hmm. in my community or it's already there just around me. I just need to expose it mm-hmm. and, and write down the story and, and actually make an effort and make a good sort of script so that you can tell people mm-hmm. something that's fluid and, and kind of well put together yeah. uh, and true about you know something that's just around you already. So you know, I think that Sometimes it's more near than you think. You yeah. don't have to look too far, yeah. but you might need to actually sort of take an outsider's perspective and say, okay, would that actually be interesting mm. for other people to learn about? Mm-hmm. It might and, be very mm, normal to you, but yeah. not to other people. Absolutely. And I think that also taking a, you know, a brow like, perspective, like if you're, you should feeling brow the products or the things right. that you say so that you can, you know, You know, share it with enthusiasm and of course testing it out right yeah. you can try to start telling people about the things surrounding your area and see what people's are what resonates know, yeah what resonates to people. you know I, you know it's, it's so many things you know i mean just like people who create great fish sauce mm. right you might think oh that's normal it's just fish sauce but if your family is good at making fish sauce yeah Then, you would know the secret, right? Yeah, you, you know something that people want to hear about. Like, how did they get good? What's your family history? Uh, and then maybe think about, okay, what kind of packaging can I create to make it really look good on yeah. the store shelf? And, and maybe, you know, you do need to find a little bit of money to get, uh, you know, hygiene approval so that you can sell it in the grocery store. But get go through those processes and try to see what you can do. And, and maybe something as simple as something that your mother already makes can be the next killer product. You absolutely. Know? You know, in Vietnam, they absolutely love homemade stuff. Right. Or like something that, you know, a friends of family, like friends' families doing it. They love promoting it. And words of mouth is actually a great method to marketing it. Actually to test out if your product is good. Yeah. Because everybody around you actually would appreciate and would try to promote and help you a lot. Yeah. Especially in Vietnam when you try to start a business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what about you? So... What kind of uh, things, what kind of inspiration have you found uh, through this podcast, for instance? Ah, um, I think for me, I, I think every episode is actually a hidden gem for me because I feel like um, for the podcast, the reason I want, to, I want to build a podcast is because I want to share 
to the audience, to the world that there are people, great people out there that are doing great products, great activity that are promoting Vietnam. Right. And I think every single guest that's been on has the has been a great representative of how Vietnam is turning to become. Yeah, yeah. you know, I've been very much enjoying the the podcast so far. Uh-huh. I wish you a lot of luck in the future. Thank and I you. Really, really, I'm excited about. Coming episodes that I can enjoy. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed having you here at La Caf Space. And Thank you for if, having us here. Yeah, if anybody wants to come, you know, we're going to be slowly opening uh, over the next couple of weeks, you know. Um, please visit our website, lacaf.com. It's L-A-C-A-P-H.com. You, we'll put up a lot of things there. Also, we're on Facebook and Instagram, lacaf.coffee. So L-A-C-A-P-H.coffee. Very easy to find. If you want to find me on Facebook yeah, or something like that. Yeah, how do like they find that, you? Uh, you know, my name is relatively unique. So mm-hmm. I would just say probably just search for Timen, T-I-M-E-N. Uh-huh. And hopefully you'll be able to find me on Instagram and, and Facebook pretty easily. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't have that much interesting content on there. <laughs> but, you know, once in a while I'll post something fun yeah. about my adventures as yeah, well. Yeah, and if you are someone art enthusiast, then you should definitely talk to Timon because he knows a lot about the art uh, economy and art cultures in Vietnam. Uh, and yes, thank you for being here today on the podcast. I think it's a great episode for people out there who want to understand more about how to find hidden gems in Vietnam. Yeah, and my again, pleasure. Yes, thank you. And you guys, if you like this episode, make sure that you tell us on Facebook as well as YouTube or on our email at VietnamRisingPodcast at gmail.com. And thank you and see you guys in the next episode. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye.